KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Sabrina Boyd Serka. Some women are choosing not to get vaccinated against COVID 19 because they either are or are trying to get pregnant. Fears around the vaccine and pregnancy stem from misinformation. But we wanted to find out where that misinformation comes from and what is the safest way to protect yourself and your baby from COVID if you are pregnant. To answer those questions, I talked with Dr. Asta Mehta. She's the Philadelphia Department of Health's Medical Officer of Women's Health and an OBGYN at Penn Medicine. So first of all, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I want to start by just breaking down some of the misinformation that's out there because there's a lot of fear and concern around vaccination and pregnancy. Is it safe to get vaccinated against COVID if you are currently pregnant? Yes. Some people aren't getting vaccinated because they think the vaccine will cause infertility or if they're trying to get pregnant, they think that could be an issue. Is there any sort of truth behind that? No. So then where did all of this come from? Yeah, so it's a good question. So, you know, I'm a big fan of origin stories of like where these myths come from. So first of all, for the record, there are no vaccines that cause infertility. All the vaccines that have ever been created, none of them have been linked to infertility. So I like looked back to see like kind of like where did this even like come from? And so the way this mRNA vaccine works is it targets a specific thing on the COVID um the COVID virus. It's called a spike protein. And it's basically like targets it to get rid of it or to develop antibodies against it. What was out there was that there are other spike, there's many spike proteins in your body. And some of them, some of those spike proteins um, help implant an embryo into your uterus when you conceive. And so it's a completely different spike protein. But the information out there was that this vaccine was inadvertently targeting that, that spike protein, the one that would help implantation of the embryo into the uterus, um, which is completely incorrect. Like that's not that's not at all how vaccines work. Like they're specifically designed and engineered for a genetic thing. And so there is no way that like that spike protein would be mistaken for this other spike protein because it's a completely different thing. So that's kind of like where I think things started. Like someone like mentioned this somewhere and it just like spread like wildfire because that's where we live. What do you think made this sort of catch on is I mean is it just the way the internet works or is there seems like there there's sort of an exaggerated fear maybe exaggerated around pregnancy and infertility in general in in the world yeah I mean I you know I can't speak to why this particular thing went viral I mean um I would not know how some things become viral and other things don't um but I can say like in general, I think there was definitely um, stuff out there about how pregnant people were not in the initial trials. And so, you know, kind of speaking to like the historical nature of removing pregnant people when doing research. And that kind of goes back till the beginning of research. Um, and so I think like because of that, this became a little bit more like, well, maybe they didn't study this because they didn't, they also didn't include pregnant people. And so they, you know, how do they know? And so there's a lot of misinformation out there and there's a lot of hesitancy, which I understand that I understand like that, that suspicion where it comes from. But at the end of the day, like I'm a scientist, I'm a physician and, you know, the science is very clear and plain. And so 
I will stand by that. Yeah. And on the sort of flip side of things, a lot of people, a lot of doctors and medical professionals are encouraging pregnant women to get vaccinated because the risks of getting COVID while pregnant are inherently higher. How much higher are those risks and where does that all stand? So um, certainly we know that pregnant people that COVID are at significantly higher risk of dying from COVID or having an adverse outcome. So people are like, well, why? Right. And so in pregnant, when you become pregnant, there's natural changes that happen in your body. So um, just from like the hormonal changes and sort of like the systemic changes that happen to like accommodate a pregnancy. Um, so these are normal things that happen where your heart rate may get a little bit faster. You have like a little bit more extra heavy breathing. Like there's all these things that happen in your body naturally. That's how it works when you become pregnant. What's so unique about COVID and other respiratory illnesses, frankly, and like the flu, for example, we've known for a long time that pregnant people that get the flu are at much higher risk of having a bad outcome and a morbidity and mortality from that. Um, and so it's a similar thing with COVID. What, how COVID affects your body in general, like the, the systems that it really focuses on and like really kind of trashes, so to speak, are those same systems that are already a little bit compromised because of pregnancy itself. And so that's why in particular COVID is, is really bad for pregnancy because you're already in this like different stage, a different state of, of being because of being pregnant and the natural changes that happen that COVID kind of exacerbates all of that. And it targets those same things that are already a little bit different. I've also heard from some of my friends who were pregnant when the vaccines were first coming out, they kind of wanted to rush to get the vaccine because they thought that they could pass the antibodies on to their baby. Is that true? Is that possible? That is correct. So that is one of the benefits of getting the vaccine. And, you know, and this is not just the COVID vaccine. A lot. So there are other vaccines that you get during pregnancy that help protect the baby afterwards, like the Tdap vaccine. And that's something that we recommend in the third trimester every pregnancy. So even if you've had the Tdap once in your life, you know, and as an adult, we recommend that in every pregnancy because that immunity will then pass on to the baby because the baby has, it has like a time period afterwards where they're, they don't, they're too young to get those vaccines. And so, um, it helps protect them from getting things like pertussis, which can be really bad for little babies. Um, and so the similar thing with COVID is that, you know, um, if you take the, or the COVID vaccine is you take the vaccine, that immunity passes on to your newborn. And so there's like that extra protection that can happen. That's really interesting. So not only is it safe to get this vaccine, but it's actually completely normal for pregnant women to get vaccines intentionally for that reason. Correct. Um, not all vaccines. Some vaccines are contraindicated in pregnancy, but there are some vaccines that we routinely recommend, like the flu, like the Tdap. The risks when pregnant women have COVID are higher, as you just explained, what kinds of precautions would you recommend for someone, say, who is pregnant right now, whether they're vaccinated or not, to protect themselves, especially with Delta and all of that going around right now? 
it's the same sort of things that you were doing when you weren't pregnant to not get COVID. Um, and so, you know, masking wherever you go, avoiding sort of, you know, really heavily trafficked places, social distancing, um, and, you know, being especially careful about who's in your, in your inner space and like, you know, what's their vaccination status, like, you know, being like pretty aggressive about that, especially in pregnancy, just like if you were high risk for other things, like you had chronic lung disease and these other things that we know, or if you're older, you would modify your behavior based on your risk. And so it would be the same kind of modified behavior. What would happen and what should you do if you do happen to contract COVID while pregnant? Certainly, I would say, um, regardless of symptoms, I would notify your healthcare provider that this is, um, you know, that you do have this, then they'll be able to at least, you know, check in on you and see how things are going. I would say like that, those would be the best things, like keep in touch with your healthcare provider about what's going on. What kind of precautions are taken around the actual birth in hospitals? I know early on the pandemic, they were restricting how many people could go in. And some women were kind of upset that they couldn't have both their partner and a doula come in with them. So is that still the rule? Where are we with that now? So most of the hospitals are allowing both a support person and like, meaning like a partner or somebody that they have identified as their like, you know, personal support person and a doula, a professional doula to be able to come to the, to the delivery. I am not clear until like if that this person's COVID positive, they're still allowed to have the partner, but I don't know about the doula universally. Like each hospital has its own policies. Um, but there are special precautions that we're still taking, of course. Um, if someone is COVID positive and in labor, obviously PPE for everybody, but, um, I think the main thing is what happens after delivery. So if the baby goes to the NICU, um, that becomes an issue for the mom to be able to visit the baby if she's positive, because, you know, obviously there's other babies in the NICU that you you want to inadvertently expose to COVID. Um, and so that's where... Um, the policies are are a little bit different. If the baby doesn't go to the NICU and is in the well baby nursery, then they would stay in the room with you, the baby would, so that that would be okay. But, you know, certainly if you're COVID positive, you want to take extra precautions with your newborn um, in terms of, you know, properly masking and um, washing your hands and, you know, doing like with the feeding and things like that, being very clean, like not clean, but being very like sanitary about trying not to pass on the COVID to the baby. Over the whole course of the pandemic, have you seen uh, sort of residual effects, I guess I could say, in terms of like mental health during and after pregnancy, just dealing with this extra stress and then also not having as many people physically near you for support, knowing that your parents might not be able to meet their grandchildren for who knows how long, that has to have an effect. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I, I don't see patients in the outpatient world anymore. Um, and so I wouldn't be able to speak to patient experiences. I can speak from my personal experience. I have two little kids. Um, they're four and two, so unvaccinated. And it is very stressful because they're in school. And if one gets a fever or something from like, a, you know, it becomes this extra layer of like, what's going on? We just dealt with that last week. Like my little one had an ear infection and we had to keep them both out of school. And so then that affects like our job and having to take time off and things like that. And that, of course, is going to be a stress for anybody in a similar situation. Um, and especially people that are, you know, single parents and the one ha- one income households and how do you manage that um, with childcare and stuff. So it's certainly, um, you know, this is a, this is a, 
pandemic that has obviously it's lasted a long time and it's um, taken its toll. And really the, the main thing that we can do to help it end more quickly and to, and to be, you know, keep our kids safe is to get vaccinated. Great message to sort of end on. Um, but before I wrap up, is there anything else that you want to make sure people know anything that I didn't ask you about that you think is important to talk about? I think something that people, you know, and this is about vaccine misinformation in general, is like people think that for some reason, you know, we're trying to push it on people as as medical providers when we know they're unsafe. And it's something that people don't know is that if you look at the early vaccine trials, most of the people that were in the trials were healthcare providers. And so we were, you know, we were like the the ones that are like, the first to get the vaccine, first to be in the trials. And so when we're like telling other people to get them, it's we've all put the, our skin in that game. And if we're saying that they're safe, it's like our same colleagues that have been out there in the trials, out there doing the research. And so, you know, I just want to relay that a little bit because I think, and that comes with vaccine mis- like hesitancy everywhere. It's like, oh, you know, they're just, it's the health system is pushing that on people um, and they're not testing it. When in reality, like we've been testing it on ourselves. Like that was, you know, those are the people that were in these early trials. And personally, when that, when the trials for the children came out, I was like aggressively trying to find out where I I can get my kids in these trials. And it's the same for a lot of my friends that are that are physicians. We were like just begging for someone to take our kids into these trials because that's how much faith we have in these vaccines. And so I just want people to to know that that it's not just that we're trying to push it on to like make a buck or something. I don't know even how that would happen, but that we are, you know, we are out here promoting this because this is science, this is safe, and we just want to save lives. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Sabrina Boyd Serka, and we'll have another episode out soon. 